Hey, this is Michael, and you're listening to the Passionately Curious by Michael Chin podcast. Today, I brought up my friend Louise Pang to share her life as a celebrity tutor and some tips for self improvement. Louise is a celebrity English tutor and entertainer based in Hong Kong and Vancouver. She previously worked as the Hong Kong Examination Assessment Authority. Louise is a native English speaker and taught English in various foreign countries like Australia and Ireland. What's more, she is the teacher in chief in popular entertainment programs hosted by major media outlets like TVB, Nix Media, and Tencent. Recently, Louise has transitioned from tutoring to a businesswoman, education business consultant, and lifestyle influencer. She is the panel speaker for various well known organizations and communities such as ISAC, Junior Chamber International, Toastmaster Club Hong Kong, and Cable TV. Without further ado, let's get started. How are you Hi, doing? I know you yeah, I know you are now in Vancouver, right? Yes, I'm actually in Vancouver, British Columbia at the moment. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, our time zones are kind of weird, but we made it happen. Yeah, and I know that you have passed your driving test as well, right? Oh my goodness, you do. You do follow my social media accounts. Yes, correct. I, I recently passed my driving exam. I am not exactly great in directions and having sense of space and stuff, but I made it. So it's like a little milestone for me. I can finally be on the driver's seat. That's great. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, so today uh, we actually, um, I want to discuss a topic with you, which is like your life as an educator and celebrity tutor. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, um, so my first question is like, what's actually most to become a celebrity tutor? Because like a celebrity tutor is like, is not uh, a piece of cake. Like it's not an easy job, right? So you need to like prepare notes for students. Uh, sometimes you even need to like reply students DM. Yeah, um, I mean, Every industry, every job position, there are challenges and there are tough times. And of course, being a celebrity tutor without all the glitz and glamour, um, I wasn't exactly the most academically motivated person during my school days, despite growing up in a conventional Asian family that placed huge emphasis on education. I was the kind of kid who listened to my parents 100%, who were shy to ask questions and talk back, who has my whole life planned out by the grown-ups, like most of you guys. My favorite subject was English language and literature, and my worst fear was math. As you might have noticed, I've talked about it a lot of times during class. My worst fear was math. I remember putting in this after school math tutorial class during elementary school with three, four other kids of around my age. I never got their names as we never had a chance to talk, although we we saw each other every other day for two good years. And the teacher of this math class was a lady called Mrs. Wong. 
So the first day in, she gave me this 180-page exercise book with the pages made out of those onion skin, Bible paper, no illustrations, <laughs> no graphics, black and white. Fonts were small. Line spaces were narrow. And each page is a test on an individual math topic with around 30 questions. So every practice, God. I know, right? They've all been there. Yeah. Um, I remember every practice was timed and marked by Mrs. Wong. And no one in class dared to make a sound. So what added to the <laughs> deadly silence was Mrs. Wong had this poker face on her all the time. And I always wondered what terrible dits I'd done, right? So maybe <laughs> I didn't get all the answers right, or maybe my penmanship was horrible, or maybe I wasn't showing enough interest in a subject, or maybe I was just not good enough. I remember scoring 97 points out of 100 points in one of the math tests, which now that I think That's about great. it, it's pretty good, yeah. But Mrs. Yeah. Wong wasn't happy. She didn't look happy, at least, as usual. She what? didn't look happy. I remember I was dreading to take the paper home because I was so hard on myself for losing the three points. So now that I think about it, I really wondered why I couldn't make myself proud for the 97 points I scored with the hard work, hard work I put in. I just couldn't make myself proud. So as a 10, 11 year old child, I didn't have the mental capacity to process this experience I had in such a high stress learning environment. Even after finishing elementary school, I didn't have answers to those self-doubts. All I was certain about was the self-criticism, fear, and rejection. As you might have expected, I still suck at math through middle school and high school. Maybe I, maybe because I didn't go to Mrs. Wong after school anymore. Instead, I discovered my interest in performing arts, played in musicals and drama shows. It was the most oh, glorious like days. Yeah, I did. And yeah, I did play a couple of musicals, one of which was oh. Disney's um, High School Musical and the classic Aladdin. So those were the two musicals oh. that I played yeah. in. Yeah, oh my God, those were the most glorious days in my middle school and high school life. Like, I finally get to do what I'm passionate about, what I'm good at, and I got the acknowledgement, the recognition that I wanted for after all those years. But you know, like in high school, exam season finally caught up to me, which gave me a reality check. My parents were very concerned because passing mathematics was one of the college admission requirements like nowadays. So while I was rehearsing for drama shows, my school friends who went to those, they went to those tutorials and attending classes by those quote unquote tutorial kings and queens who posed as models and celebrities on flashy ads and billboards. That's how 
they caught my attention. So as dramatic as those titles sounded, tutorial kings and queens, right? I was curious and I told myself I needed to check them out. And I was, yeah, <laughs> okay. and I, I was mind blown after my first lesson. I didn't know the happenings in the world around me could be related to what was tested in exams. And I didn't know I could understand a mathematic equation through the stories and jokes told by the teachers. I also didn't know that there's so much fun facts and trivia around the subjects taught in textbooks. And most importantly, I didn't know education and entertainment could actually coexist until then. So back to your question, what, what motivated me to be an educator? I wasn't exactly motivated. Instead, I was inspired. What I had gone through as a child was what most Asian kids are going through. I wasn't saying which learning style or teaching style is better. All I'm saying is the obstacles we come across in our learning journeys are characterized by the inherent Asian culture. That is one, teacher-centered, like we expect teachers to outline the paths of learning for us. I remember after class, a lot of kids come up to me while I was still tutoring in my partner's school, they asked me how, okay, Louise, how should I deal with this SBA task? And I'm like, okay, so what do you need to get done? They're like, I need to get done a book report. I'm like, okay, cool. So what are your questions? And then silence. And they're like, hmm, I don't know where to start. I think I need guidelines. I need like a step-by-step -step thing, but my teachers didn't, give me like a guideline or like a set of questions to answer to, to make this book report happen. Hmm. So you can see like how students ex expect teachers to outline everything for you, to outline the path of learning for us. So that's one, being very teacher-centered. And the second thing about the Asian learning culture that I find disturbing is the power distance between teachers and learners. Students are expected to re respect teachers and teacher's respect is given to a hierarchy position and status in a classroom. So that's what I wanna change. I wanna be close to my students. I wanna interact with them. I don't like the teacher figure. And third, number three, problem with Asian learning culture is the tendency of uncertainty avoidance. That is to ask questions. We, we tend to ask minimal questions so as not to sound dumb or so as not to disturb the harmony in class as a respect for the teachers. So, so those are the three things I want to change. So after high school, I decided to major in education. I remember my graduation essay was on interactive learning and I put in so much work on it 
with the help of my professor, the essay finally appeared on an international academic journal, which I still am very proud of. I also did another research paper on the same topic, interactive learning, in my master's, and I was invited to UCLA to present it. So can you, wow, yeah, cool. can you imagine like during my school days, I was so fueled with passion and support by the wonderful people that I crossed paths with during my academic journey. And I was ready to go. I was ready to make a change. So after graduation, I did teach in a traditional day school, but the culture there wasn't exactly one that I want to be in as a student or a teacher. I don't want to be there. I remember seeing tiresome and the lack of motivation on faces of the students every single morning when they entered the school. They didn't have a choice. They had to go to school and they need choices. And also there wasn't any or there wasn't much resources or support by the school. And I needed the freedom and flexibility to affect changes. So I entered the edutainment field, which is to incorporate entertainment in an education process. So what I learned from college was the many learning styles adolescents can have. You can learn visually, you can learn through audio, you can learn through activities and actions. So if the traditional chalk and board textbook based learning style wasn't the best for kids nowadays, the teaching pedagogies do have got to be changed. I personally experienced it firsthand and believe in the value of the two elements, education and entertainment merging those two elements merging. And that was how I became an edutainer slash celebrity tutor slash star tutors. There are a lot <laughs> of different names. I prefer star tutor because it seems a little more meaningful and relevant to the, the grading system in Hong Kong, but also the star in the job title. I feel like it's a message I'm bringing into classrooms. Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, like, uh, entertainment combined with like education becomes something that is interesting, right? Yeah, it's interesting. There's chemistry, and you know, there are interactions. You don't you don't merely speak to an audience, but there are so many different ways through multimedia nowadays, social media, the internet technology to to make teaching and learning more interesting more meaningful and something that you would remember honestly i don't remember much of what i did back in middle school and high school now that i think about it so i don't want this to happen to the next generation if i have the ability i i wanted to try to make a change Okay, I understand. But like um, for us teenagers, sometimes we, we're so puzzled about like during the journey of discovering ourselves. Oh, yeah. Have you ever felt uh, puzzled during the journey of discovering yourself? Oh, yeah. I, 
I do have a lot to talk about. I mean, as I confusing mean, teenagers. I mean, you cannot be a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot be a celebrity tutor, like, when you, like, how, how does it possible for you to, like, know that, oh, I want to be a celebrity tutor? Right, right, right. right. That's a, not just interesting. It's, it, it brings me back to, a little bit back to the memory lane. I, I found myself in my struggles. Here's the thing. We are all wired by human instincts to avoid putting ourselves in struggling positions, struggling situations. We're also taught by the traditional Chinese culture to avoid asking questions. But there is another thing we need to realize that is mm, magic only happens outside of your comfort zone. Sometimes we need to choose courage over comfort. I was put in a lot of, a ton of challenges by my parents since young, which I am always, I'm, I'm still thankful for. Competitions, contests, debates, performances, part-time jobs, internships, you name it, and I did it. Even when my parents were less protective of me and gave me the freedom to choose what I do during my downtime, I chose to put myself in all sorts of uncomfortable situations because I wanted to meet people who were better in their skills. I want to meet those people who had a strong work spirit. I want to meet those people who who were self-motivated. I also want to meet those people who fell nine times and got up ten. Just like the name of your podcast, I'm always passionately curious about where I am (laughs) and how far I can go. I, I did push myself and you need to know that you don't find yourself on a couch, but you find yourself and you're among people in an arena. You also get to see the goods and bads and humanity in an arena, in a competition. So you can steer more clearly to the direction towards the destination you want to arrive at. Sure. But like, um, so you put yourself in like uncomfortable situation right mm-hmm. but like how so you open your like open your mind to different like opportunities and uh do things that no one have ever thought of right yes correct. is that what you yes, mean correct by putting yourself during the journey of discovering yourself. Yeah, yeah yeah so during the journey of discovering myself i did put myself in a lot of difficult uncomfortable situations so first step in achieving this is to realize what your weaknesses are, what you are fearful about, what you're fearful for, basically what you have been trying to avoid your whole life. So a a very extreme example, which I talked about it to my class was, I was actually fearful for heights. So during my lifetime, I did I did get put on a roller coaster, but honestly, it wasn't the most <laughs> enjoyable experience. But when I turned 21, I'm done being afraid of heights. So it was like a really impulsive idea. But um, at that time, I, wanted, I was in Australia teaching. 
um, with my best friend, we decided to do skydiving, which is there's this mini jet that takes you 14,000 feet above ground. It was very beautiful when I land. It was like a red mangrove situation. It was a forest where I land. But the experience of actually boarding the boarding the mini jet, kick myself out of the jet, and finally overcome the fear for heights, it was pretty big to me. And I can proud to say now that I can go on to any roller coaster. Like I'm ready. Although, okay, I have never been on a roller co- coaster <laughs> since, but I'm pretty confident that I can overcome my fear for heights. So it was one of one of the more extreme examples. Another example I want to prove to myself was actually one of the reasons why I entered the um, entertainment field. I noticed back in high school, there wasn't a lot of tutorial queens. And most often than not, female public figures are being sexualized or objectified on ads, online, or even got attacked or bullied. And I want to experience that firsthand in the most massive extent because I know that in general, there's nothing that I'm, I'm afraid of talking about. So I want to experience it firsthand. And I wouldn't say I, I'm definitely not the most successful tutorial teachers in history, but I can dare say I am the most outspoken female tutorial teacher in the industry. And that makes me proud. Yeah. So basically, um, I think like you are such a success uh, to me because like uh, uh, you mentioned about like how you discover yourself like as focusing on your weaknesses mm-hmm. instead of your like strengths right mm-hmm. so try different things for me um, I'm afraid of like uh, math oh uh, high s- five uh, <laughs> yeah and then like I think like math is like because I st- uh, uh, my major is accounting, right? Oh. So, but I like but when I like do my major, uh, actually discover that math is not that uh, difficult because like math is something that is interesting because you can uh, uh, analyze different things by using like mathematic uh, mathematical methods, mm-hmm. and I think that. This is something that we should put more time in instead of like, say, it is so hard and uh, just avoid it. I think this is a really good point. Right, right, right. From, I mean, I uh, can't imagine that you hate math and you major in accounting. So what you were doing was to find interest in what you have to study. That's amazing. Yeah, because like if I study something like marketing, because uh, I like market marketing as well. But mm-hmm. like if I study something like that, I interested mm-hmm. in instead of something something that I fear of. Like I think um, maybe we should do something that we're not familiar. Right. Instead of something that we know. Yeah. Exactly. Because you don't want to go to the um, same. You you don't want to walk the same route every day. 
challenge yourself by putting yourself in unfamiliar places. Definitely open up all of the new experiences and you can meet all the healthy, nutritious relationships, all the amazing people out there. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned about like uh... You are like a celebrity tutor, but being a celebrity tutor mean meaning that uh, you need to like uh, put yourself uh, in front of the public. Like you have advertisement mm-hmm. like on the side of like those double decker buses, mm-hmm. right? So and everyone looks up to you. Mm-hmm. So I this is hard for me to imagine the life as an education <laughs> as an educator. So can you like uh, tell tell us more about it? Like right. what is like. What is it like to be a celebrity tutor? So all the ads, commercials on the double deckers, they are, those are what you see. Those are the marketing efforts that the public sees. But um, of course, there's a lot behind the scene as well. I didn't get much sleep for the past decade. I always jokingly say the last time that I had slept for 10 hours was when I was still a fetus in my mom. <laughs> yeah. So um even have taught for over a decade there was still a lot of preparation and effort just imagine every class is like a concert when you spend the money buy the ticket make the commute to a concert you have certain expectation for the performance the concert goers want to want the concert itself to align with what they read in the posters, what they saw on viewboards, what's written on the brochure, and the good things, the good reviews people said about it online. So as the performer or the singer, your main task is to deliver and inspire your audience. So first you need to craft your skills. And then there was a lot of rehearsals. And when you're ready, you want to get your word out. So it's not a one man's work to create a positive experience to your audience. There were marketing effort, consultations, customer support, after sales service and all that. So when people say, the businesses in my field is like we're running our own business. Let me correct it. We are actually running businesses and it takes a village. So being an educator in my field is like being the face of my brand, my education brand. Their major task, of course, was to teach, but when the size of your audience is not 30 at a time, but hundreds and thousands, you're technically the CEO, CFO, and COO, all the O's in your company. Not only did I have to deliver quality teaching, but I also managed my team in which everyone plays an important role in making the magic happen. There were lots and lots of meetings because communication is key. And these days I'm teaching the teachers, training the trainers, 
educating businesses to run an education business is very interesting and challenging at the same time. Interesting, interesting as in the sharing of my skills and knowledge in leading the teachers, the students, and the key persons in an education institution. But the challenge, that's a pretty big one. The challenge lies in finding a healthy equilibrium of interest between the learners, teaching staff, and the business owner. And then you want to optimize the resources given to reach that equilibrium. It's a very fun but challenging job. So do you mean that um, a celebrity tutor is like an entrepreneur? Absolutely. They are not... A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So you, do you need to report to like the education center, which is speaking college. Um, I did have you, to. You just do your thing. So, every teacher. It's actually yeah. It's actually quite interesting to share like the insider stories of being a part of the tutoring business in Hong Kong because the media and just in general, the business itself is packaged as if is showbiz, show business. Uh, what's your question again? Sorry. Um, I mean, like, do you need to report to uh, right. Beacon College or you just do your thing? Right, right, right. Sorry, I was steering a little too far. Um, I, I, I do have to report to them of my final decisions, but every single teacher is like a business owner of their own brand. Like many other businesses in the world, you can choose to be aggressive or laid back. And every teacher wants to put out a certain distinctive remarkable image in front of their students or parents or in general like how how the city sees you so there's a lot of branding behind it and you've got to protect your brand you've got to get your brand sports out and you have to polish the quality of your product every single teacher has their own education product i'm talking about their textbooks the little mini booklets even what you wear in your photo shoot or go into interviews and podcasts with different media outlets. We have to do everything we can to make our business known, profitable, while at the same time, we need to balance the interest between learners, parents, and the school. So it's definitely... It is a business and every single tutor is their own entrepreneur and they are on their own entrepreneurial journey. Fast and quick or slow and laid back is totally up to your choice. Well, that is challenging. I mean, you need to balance a lot of things in order to make things happen. I mean, like, dude. how, how would you like manage those stress? I mean, you need to like put yourself out right like you need to do effortless uh put yourself like put your photo on like uh double decker buses yeah that's a huge Um, part very stressful because everyone looks up to you and you're the role model oh thank you that's a huge compliment thanks michael i mean at at least at least those students who uh have applied your 
courses. Right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I'm sure there were some kids who were just curious, wanted to check out what this, what this fuzz is all about, right? But um, yeah, I do have a lot of students who would talk to me and tell me um, not only what they learned during class, but what kind of values or beliefs that they could take out of the classroom. So when you're saying striving a balance between my career and my life, it's actually a very qu tricky question to ask a workaholic like myself because work-life balance wasn't a thing until I broke down. I wasn't great in achieving work-life balance until the 10, 20 times, until after the 10, 20 times that I broke down. As tough as a businesswoman as I seem to be in front of my students and friends, I, I'm only human and I do break. I held my tears during class for so many times in front of the camera, the recorder, and hundreds of students, I held my tears during class for so many times that I lost count. Because at that time, I was so burned out. I was so burned out by the constant exposure to a toxic working culture back then. There, there is competition in every industry and I totally get it, but we need to recognize there are two types of competition. First, the healthy ones, healthy competition. Second is the toxic ones, toxic competition. And in the business world, what do you mean? Toxic competition. I think you can totally interpret yeah, what... it yourself. And I mean, there, there are different kind of toxic relationships in life. By toxic competition, you're talking about you have a toxic relationship or you are being treated as if you're in a toxic relationship by your coworkers and by your competitors. It's just the whole working culture in the industry has gone too money driven too selfish, too unequal, to a point that I had to spend so much energy to compromise with it. I was so burned out. I remember that was two years ago. I was so burned out. I could barely eat. I only drank water and an orange for two days like an orange for two days. I couldn't eat at all because wow. I was so burned out by compromising with this working culture. So that was back then. Yeah. That was back then. But the beauty of the business world is you can choose who your competitors are by putting yourself in an arena that helps you grow. You don't want to be dragged down by your toxic competitors. You don't want to wake up every day knowing that you're walking into a toxic arena that won't help you grow, that will make you self-doubt, that will constantly remind you how dark 
humanity can be. You want to find a place where you practice your skills, you get positive, healthy feedback, and then you reinvent yourself to be a better version. So what I did was how I strive a balance between a super ultra competitive industry, my career in such an industry and my personal life is I, I sit down and I envisioned how much I want to achieve in the entertainment industry. But very importantly, the second step, I recognize my limitations. By limitations, I mean the time and energy that I have, things I can agree with and I can never compromise with. Okay, so after recognizing my limitations, my boundaries, I analyze the amount of human resources I need and I leveraged my strength for peak performances. So to simply put, you wanna minus every factor that drags you down or every factor that stops you from growing. And you want to leverage your strength. You want to manifest your strength into something amazing, wonderful, makes you feel good and affect positive influence into people around you. So that's a whole process of how I find the balance. I mean, there's so much behind every successful business we see nowadays, beside the the tribe that builds a brand. The mental well-being of the decision maker in a business is the most valuable asset to a brand. Me, myself, I, I took breaks from time to time. I went on vacations, took up new hobbies. You might have noticed on my social media, I ran marathons, even I had asthma. I tried weightlifting and recently I'm into arranging flowers. Always allow space for yourself to look back for the mistake you don't want to repeat again. And look steps away ahead. Don't look what's happening next year. Don't predict that. It's a little too too short-sighted. Look steps and way ahead to anticipate changes in the climate of your industry and never allow comments made by toxic people to cloud your headspace because in every single business, the headspace of the decision maker is the determining factor of whether or not your business will fail or will thrive. Work-life balance is not a destination. It's, it's your personal choice. So respect sure. your headspace and your brand by prioritizing how, how much downtime you allow yourself to have. Yeah, sure. I mean, knowing your limitation is a really important point because we human is human right like we cannot do things that um like we cannot work like all day we we need to sleep right so knowing your limits is important and and the second point you made is like you need 
to be like you need to look things like look at the whole picture instead of being short-sighted yeah i agree uh, i agree with that point the, the climate is constantly I mean, like, changing yeah i mean like um looking things that uh maybe like 10 years later is like better than like you look things that like happen tomorrow because um you're 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 saying that uh we need to set a goal mm-hmm. right a goal need to be like um need to like need to be like uh really uh how to say um um achievable comprehensive, comprehensive. yeah well right yeah achievable mm-hmm. yeah yeah so we need to plan for things that um that's we we really want and like that may happen in the future and we really want to achieve it mm-hmm. that is a good point oh thanks yeah thank you i'm happy that you you had some takeaway out of it um during this summer i wonder like how we can actually structure our life because uh you mentioned about uh how to plan things mm-hmm. like uh how to plan things like i like for the future but like, is it necessary for us to plan things that, like, plan every single things? Is it necessary? I don't think you need to plan every single thing because, as I said, the climate in every business is changing, especially given this pandemic and political environment in Hong Kong. The whole ecosystem is changing and will be changing. So as I mentioned earlier, like this stage in my life, okay, 2020, is definitely a very uncomfortable stage, a very uncomfortable year to a lot of people. Same as me, because when I was a child, I had my life planned out by my parents, and I would freak out if I fell out of it. But that mentality was rooted from not my parents' expectations, but the expectations in my head. That means if you're feeling uncomfortable now, in 2020, going through all those political issues, all those pandemics, the consequences that the pandemic brought about, It's totally normal to be in this state of mind because we are wired, our brains are wired to conform to other other people's expectations. But at the end of the day, those expectations are all just in our heads. So rigid plans won't go well in this volatile climate in the business world either. Nowadays, when I plan, I let my thoughts go with my impulse. I let them go wild. When there is an idea, I always, always write it down. I also do a lot of research, make sense out of the numbers you see, come up with a pattern, and project what's next and where's best to manifest my skills into something amazing something disrupts the market, something that affects changes, something that excites me, that motivates me to wake up every single morning. So yes, I do plan 
and I plan with flexibility and purpose. So you plan every day? I I don't plan what I do every single day, but on a day to day basis, if I come across、yeah. any ideas during shower on the commute. I would most definitely, I would most definitely write them down. I always have a notebook with me. If I don't, I put it down on my phone, and I do follow up. Follow up meaning do the research, do the projection analysis. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yes, but like for for me, um, I think like we should structure our life by asking ourselves like three main questions. Firstly, um. I think like the first question is like、uh, is about like what you want to be like knowing yourself like、mm-hmm. like who you are、mm-hmm. like this is already a really big question right and like it's hard for us to know like what we really want and like who we really are I mean、mm-hmm. um, finding yourself second one is like yeah and the second one is like. Um, it's about problem solving,、mm-hmm. like how you solve a problem,、mm-hmm. and it is like really important for us to like have the problem solving、oh, yeah, skills,、absolutely. like how we solve problem.、Yeah. And the third one is like how you how you, how would you learn it, like like the learning skills, which is really important. But the most important one is knowing yourself. This is like this question stuck in my mind for like. Like months. I mean, it is hard for me to know myself. Like, do I do I really want to be an accountant? This、mm. is already a really big question. Yeah, a lot of self doubts. Yeah. It's totally yeah, normal. Yeah, like similar experience. It, it's totally normal to to doubt do you, yourself. Do you know yourself? I, like, I don't know myself. Do you know? I can a hundred percent tell you. I wake up every single day. I don't know what I'm doing. So that's why you need your planner. <laughs> You need your organizer. You need books, tool books, self-help books. You need podcasts that feeds you the nutrients you need in such a confusing world. That's that's ex- that's precisely the beauty of life: is that you don't know who you are. You are just finding more and more about yourself every single day. And there's so many different variables that will distract you, or that will inspire you to think further. But then again, the world is changing, and every single day we're a different person. So when you ask me, do I know who I am? I can tell you, like where I was born, my age, my ID number. But no, I don't know myself. I wouldn't say I don't know myself yet because I will never know myself a hundred percent. I know myself more every day, but I will never understand. But I never beat myself up too hard for not knowing myself because that's exactly what the life journey is about. You try new things. You feel new feelings. What's the difference between a human being and an animal creature? We have the power of expression to express how, what kind of certain feelings you have when you react to certain incidents. That's human. 
So living life means constantly feeling new things and finding yourself. And that's not a problem that we are still finding ourselves. Yeah. So even you don't know who you are, we, we need to like experience and put ourselves outside our comfort zone. A hundred percent. And try different new things. Yeah. Yes. So do you have like a life motto that inspired you? Like the right mindset, like how how you achieve these kind of like things? I mean, I'm, I'm really curious. Uh, so do you have like a mindset or like an approach for you to like do things that um, not everyone can do? Oh, okay. So you mean the right mindset to yeah. break through? To break through, to, to yeah. be your unique self, right? Yes, Cause, exactly. Yeah, because when you ask me like, okay, what's the right mindset? Most of the time, we beat ourselves too hard for not having the right mindset. That's first. We always blame ourselves for not having the right mindset. We are always constantly walking towards the right, right mindset. But my kind of right mindset is being mindful and listen to your body. Because our body is very smart. It reacts so what I do and what I suggest you to do if you want to steer towards the right mindset is to feed yourself with nutritious books, books that help you add values to your life. Find a role model, a mentor you aspire to be and know your boundaries, your limitations, your weaknesses. It's very easy to get lost in a crazy world like this today. So always, always be mindful of the environment you're in. Be mindful of how your body reacts to certain tasks and comments made by the people around you. Be mindful of what works for you and what not. You will be surprised one day. You find yourself in a totally new job position in an unfamiliar country with people who lift you up to be a better version of yourself. Yeah, sure. I mean, be mindful. Mm -hmm. Do you mean like focus and uh, try to like um, be aware of the things around Mm -hmm. us? Right. So by saying focus this is... and pay attention to things around you, it sounds kind of like a, like a command for yourself. And stressed out if you keep reminding yourself to like, focus, focus, focus on your studies. What I mean by being mindful is constantly be in a state of mind where you're peaceful you're quiet, you are grounded, and you listen and observe what's behind you. You feel the energy that you're giving out when you are backstabbing someone, saying a bad comment about someone. Feel your energy. Don't just look at what you're doing, but be mindful of your choice of words 
be mindful of why you have such a reaction to that person's action. That's the first step of knowing what's stopping you from growing, and then we correct that. We change that. Mindfulness is. Do you, do you agree that mindfulness is an attitude? Because uh, as what I know, according to what I know, mindfulness is a term appear in uh, a sports called yoga.、Mm-hmm. But like, it's hard for us to、uh, know what exactly mindfulness means.、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, at first, I was pretty confused by the true definition of mindfulness, but I wouldn't push it. Because mindfulness is part、yeah. of a spiritual practice, everyone can choose what kind of material they read. They can learn from different meditation gurus. There are a lot of resources online now. Being mindful is just a constant reminder to yourself that you are where you are, and if you want to change that, you need to observe. What's happening around you? Don't just tell yourself that, "Ah,、oh, I suck at doing this," or "Ah,、oh, I don't belong to this workplace," or this relationship.、Yeah. You don't blame. You don't complain. If you want to change that, you be mindful of why you don't like this workplace, and can you change your colleagues or your partner so that your work or love relationship is a better one? Can you? If you don't. Do yourself a favor and walk out of it. Yes. Okay, I understand. <laughs> But like people may um may be curious about like your job, your job. I mean, like how you build your career. Because like people may think that um why why don't Louis Page be like a normal teacher, teach in a like. A normal local school.、Mm-hmm. I, did, why, I did. Why? Why she need to? Yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like, why? How can she like be so successful? Like, be become a star tutor in an education center. Thank you. People make curious. Like, how? How? How is it possible for you to like build your career and achieve what you achieve today? Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I I was I was just a confused college kid back then, but I'm forever thankful for my own insecurity, my constant curiosity to learn from people who who were older, who had more experience in certain skills or fields as I did. Before actually starting my education business, I consulted my mentors in college. In the office where I had my internship in, and also my dad. My dad is an amazing businessman with the strongest work ethics. I look up to him a lot. As a person who spe- who plans a lot, I I made sure I was equipped with the skills, qualification, and network that I needed before I started my business. Because my model, my forever model. No matter we're talking about academically or now career-wise, I came in for a business where I started strong and finished strong. I don't go halfway. I wanted to start strong 
and finish strong. But the thing is, you don't、yeah. build yourself up. I was just a college kid. I was just graduating. I didn't build myself up. I can't do that. I was. I couldn't.、Yeah. I I couldn't convince people with just my graduation certificate from college. There is actually so much、hmm. wisdom in the healthy relationships out there. What's interesting with my past interaction with my mentor was, whenever I tried to seek business advice from them, they always steered me back to two things. First thing, the soft skills I need. By soft skills,、yeah. a business owner needs. Is the capacity to react to business changes, to handle rejection, to to lead a team. So that's a telltale sign that you're with a good mentor, when they tell you soft skills are more important than any business advice out there. Because those are the ones that really help you grow. You need a good mentor. Looking back, I was. Too invested, way too invested, in crafting my hard skills to perfect my teaching, and thinking coming up with the perfect marketing strategies, the best slogan, the best image. But after all, those soft skills are what leads me to more meaningful business relationships and opportunities. So that's the first thing. Learn soft skills from your mentor. And the second piece of wisdom that I learned from my mentors was the power of linking a business to a purpose. Running a business doesn't mean you're just operating a shop, hiring people, making money out of it. You have the power of linking your business to a purpose. When I talked about "quote unquote" the power, it means The power, the privilege, and the social responsibility businesses have to affect social changes. Find your purpose, your own set of values you genuinely believe in. Exercise the power you have, and act to let your voice to be heard. My students enjoy it when I talk about feminism, gender equality, and all the untouchable social issues that are brought to the table. So create conversations, and opportunities will knock your door. One of the examples are when Mother's Choice, the local charity serving many children without families and pregnant teenagers in Hong Kong. When Mother Choice, Mother's Choice approached me to be the face of one of their benefit campaigns for International Women's Day, I moved things around in my crazy work schedule back then and made it happen. And my courage、yeah. of starting a nonprofit also came from the support of the amazing team that I have and the mentors. They're angels. Who support the values I believe in, and they are the backbone of my women empowering brand, Girly Machine, and now my education business, Louise Page and her Elite Task Force. Yeah. So basically,、um, you mentioned about、um, maybe 
we should not we should not refuse like we should say yes to like some kind of people we're not looking at like building your career is not about like a short-term thing it's like a long-term thing as you mentioned yes, because correct. you don't know you, you mentioned about like the the volunteer work you you, you have done right mm-hmm. i mean you don't know no one's know like those people will help you to build the the, the self like the one that like the girly machine account i i don't understand is it like the the volunteer like the the charity person helped you to like to run it business no i am it. the person who started girly machine and through girly machine i share a lot of woman lifestyle a lot of um a lot of stories on my entrepreneurial journeys which leads me to a lot of interaction and conversation with women who also struggle the same struggles that I've been through. So this platform is not only a social media account where I share what I do daily, it's also a community. And with this community, there were brands and there were charities that reach out that they want a voice, an interesting voice, a woman in a field where there are a lot of guys beating me up, right? They want me to speak for them. So Girl and Machine is, yes, a lifestyle blog. It's also, there are a lot of inspiration and a lot of stories that I share with my audience, for my female audience in particular. And Girl and Machine is also a community, a spirit that a lot of women can work can think logically like a machine. We are tough. We think and therefore we are. At first, when I started Girly Machine, I did a lot of, I post a lot of um, marathon and weightlifting videos. And people were like, my female friends, my female followers were like, oh my goodness, you really are a machine. I'm like, that is how my name come from. I want to tell you Every woman can be what a man is like. A woman can be masculine as well. There's no such a thing as being feminine or being masculine. It's just a label, a category you put to human race. And this is what Girl Machine is all about. That is what you mean by laying business to a purpose, right? Yes, yes, correct. So, um, for 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 those who don't know, Girly Machine, Girly Machine is a, like an IG account built by Louise. Thank you. I mean, Michael. like, Thanks for I, I saw there's a lot, like, tons of followers in in that account. I'm like, I'm wow, I'm impressed. It's been growing like, too, because there are a lot more women yeah. these days. They're outspoken. They want to achieve things than staying home, being a pretty wife. You know. So, yeah, this community has been growing, and I'm very happy to meet those wonderful women along this journey. That must be, like, um, it is, like, a really challenging thing. Like, 
how you actually build your career into this point. You mean it's about I I truly believe that it's not about like uh you um maybe like about money. It's about like like a sense of um how do we say that like a sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm, the social responsibility like, I talked about. The CSR thing, the corporate social responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, maybe like an ethics or something like. Well, I mean, yes, work ethics is a must. Social responsibility, I personally think, is a must for every business too. But what I'm doing with Gorilla Machine and a lot of things outside of my teaching, they are all from the set of values that I believe in because I'm not a just a tutor to teach because I've recognized that I have a voice and I'm good at influencing people and I like influencing people because I know that there's so much energy so much positivity around me every day and I I I want to share it with the people around me and I want to light up your day I want to light up whoever's following me stay that's how you influence people yes it's also motivated i'm telling you you cannot put a gun at me and tell me to run my <laughs> social media account or tell me to teach the way that i teach my class i can never do that and on the opposite side you can never put a gun at me and tell me to be quiet, to be calm during class and not talk about those untouchable political topics. You cannot do that because I know what I am capable of doing and I know what I cannot compromise with. Yeah, sure. Mm. So this is your courage to do things that no one tell you to do or like to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Feeling uncomfortable that is, is very comfortable, trust inspiring. me. Inspiring. <laughs> yeah. That is inspiring. Thank I you. Mean. Thank you. Another thing is that I think like most people would like to know is like how you manage your finance. I mean like mean my personal as finance? A, a celebrity tutor. Yeah, I mean like as a as a as a woman like you, like you have your business, you have like your career, and like how you manage your finance. My personal finance. Yeah, do okay. you have like uh, investment? Or, like, I mean, how would you suggest us teenagers or how you manage your finance first? Right. Yeah, I I didn't know nothing about investment until. Do you have like a balance sheet for you, like to? Okay, I most definitely don't have a balance sheet because as I said, I hate numbers and I have an accountant (laughs) to do all the taxes for me. (laughs) Okay, I know it's not right. I'm avoiding my weakness, but there are a lot of things I need to take care of. So I'd rather leave the math, the numbers to people who are better at it. (laughs) And, you know, like managing personal finance is like managing a business. You've got to work hard for the money Save up so you can walk further in life, but don't forget to allow yourself to have a little fun or have a little feel-good factor about yourself. I like having fun. I still do. 
So I kept myself yeah. busy during college. I took up tutoring, uh, tutorial jobs. I did internships. I even started a fashion business and event business with my friends back in college. And after all the hustle, wow, cool. we share the joy of success by treating ourselves to vacations and new experiences. And after all that, I work hard again. It's like a cycle, right? You're done with spending money. Yeah. Back in your work position, I enjoy working a lot. And the best gift to reward yourself after hustling hard is to give back. Like the past ten years, I barely sleep for three hours a day, and I did save up enough. My investments has enough return for me to say to comfortably say that I can retire from the frontline teaching position. But it doesn't mean that I don't work. You need to give back. Yes. It feels good sharing the joy with people in desperate situations who never have the opportunity to enjoy the luxury that we have. <laughs> and the thirty-six、yeah. volunteers in my nonprofit teaching force—they come in to help, despite their hectic school schedule and part-time jobs. Some of them go to school on Hong Kong Island and make an hour or even more of a commute to schools in new territories weekly. It's a commitment, and their commitment comes from what、It、comes from the joy of giving back. Is an experience no money can buy. Yeah, but like, I know you have achieved like financial independence,、mm-hmm. but like. How does it possible for us teenager to like to be you? I mean, like we can't be you, but at least we can like achieve something that like maybe like some tricks for us to、um, manage our finance and be a person that as successful as you. Oh, okay. So, like, how to better finances as a teenager, a teenager, a college students. Yeah.、Yes. Um, so I was told that quote by quote, know what you want and what you need, and I feel like this statement is the most confusing statement ever, because what I want is what I need. So my problem,、yeah. I have a problem with that statement when I was young, and I feel like maybe that's the reason why a lot of teenagers ask me, okay, how to better manage our finances? Does it mean that I shouldn't buy nice things? No, but explore what nice things would elevate you as a person in a sustainable, meaningful way. Let me tell you a story. Back in primary school, it was definitely against primary the school rules of my primary school. I collected those Pokemon minifigures, and I resold them to my classmates. After I was done enjoying them, I'm talking about I was only in primary school. I still get to use my allowance, my pocket money from my parents. I save it up. I buy those Pokemon minifigures. I enjoy them, <laughs> and after I enjoy them, I resell them. Okay, and there was a time、yeah. during my tutoring days I enjoy my streetwear, Supreme, and.、Uh, 
I almost like forgotten what I wore. I remember Supreme, <laughs> which had yeah. interesting cultural background that I could learn from and had decent resale value. Now, these days, I enjoy collecting art and timepieces. When you're investing money in what you enjoy and you can actually learn from it, you're actually not spending the money. You're actually seeing yourself moving on to another kinds of enjoyment in the future. So, allowing space to enjoy yourself doesn't have to be material possession. It can be experiences like taking up a new hobby, moving out from your family, buying yourself a bike. Anything that helps you grow, as long as you know your limitation and boundaries, they are all worthwhile investment. I do see a lot of teenagers, or even my students back in my tu tutoring days. They come to my class after part-time job, or they tell me they have to rush to their part-time job after my class. They were burned out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hustling is fine. I adore your hustle. But first, you need to allow yourself. Space to rest, and also you do not allow yourself space to enjoy yourself. So work towards a lifestyle you enjoy, and can learn something from. Think about what kind of style you truly enjoy and see yourself thrive in, and you can actually learn something from. Not like you're just buying a buying a brand new product without even knowing the history behind the designer. But mind you, yeah, I yeah. agree. Yes. But mind you, all those nice things are the fruits you harvested by actually putting in the work. You need to earn it. You need to smash, smash um, milestones. You need a reason to celebrate your own success and effort. So keep yourself busy by taking up part-time jobs, working for your professor, working at the library, find an internship opportunity, and never overspend. Put in the work, save up towards a goal or a reward, and then analyze where you are in life. Be realistic with your goal. Be realistic with the things that you want to buy. Nice things don't fall into our lap out of the blue. As responsible adults, I mean college students or adults, we need to recognize our duties and boundaries. Do you suggest teenagers to like learn how to invest? I mean, like, um, like small investment, maybe like a mutual fund or Hansen mm -hmm. index. That mm -hmm. kind of stuff. That kind of things. Would I recommend them to do so? Yes. Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say so. I would not recommend everyone to do it. Because if you're a person who hates number like myself, you will immediately label investment to a bunch of numbers. Money. Fun part about investment is you invest in the company which holds the values that you believe in. And the fun part about investment is even if you don't agree with the values of the company that you want to invest in. You want to figure out what success, what cause the fluctuation in the numbers. So everyone has a different um, direction when it comes to investment. It could be the stock market, it could be cryptocurrency, 
It could be anything. It could be what investing in a startup, like being a startup itself is an investment. You're investing your time and maybe some money. There are a lot of ways to find your favorite way to invest. It doesn't have yeah. to be just stock. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so you meaning that investment is a term that is very flexible. Like you can do anything. There's a、basically. lot of different forms. Of investment, like say for example,、yeah. like recently I collect art and timepieces. I mean, yeah, I only、pieces. have like two wrists, right? I cannot wear like ten timepieces on my arms. Yeah, of yeah, course yeah. I enjoy looking at them. Like、yeah. it gives me joy aesthetically, but at the same time, those hold values. Art as well. You are learning、yeah. from the painter. You are learning from the. The background of the gallery, what like where this art piece were from, who was the past owner? There are a lot to learn from. So like, be wise with, be wise with what you want to invest in. Truly find something that you are intrigued in. It doesn't have to be stock. As I said, there are a lot of different forms of investment these days with technology. Very commonly, a lot of my, I mean myself. And also friends around me, and also graduate from my course, they've been asking me about what cryptocurrency, and starting up a company. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is inspiring. I mean, like,、um, for me,、um, I think like investment is something that we should not avoid. I mean,、um, we should learn it, but like we have the choice to whether we、uh, invest on it. So.、Um, Combine what you said. I think, like for me, ah,、uh, I think I will learn investment, but like at the same time, I know that investment is a term that is very flexible,、mm-hmm. and I can choose whatever I want to. Agreed. Just to make sure that I'm comfortable with it. You're comfortable with, and I mean, passionate with, about、yeah. like you're passionate about finding out more about. The product that you're investing in. Don't just put in money and call it a day.、Um, aside from investment,、um, I would like to ask:、uh, Do you like? Do you know? Like, do you have like a financial goal for yourself? Like,、uh, oh, at twelve, at thirty-five years old, I will achieve、uh, like some kind of like milestone or some kind of money that. Uh, like I have like a tons of money in my bank account, like those kind of gold. Okay, oh, that takes me back to the memory lane as well. Because back in high school, I did have a financial goal to yeah completely retire at the age of thirty and give back <laughs> as um give back as either frontline doctor. Or give back in terms of volunteering in a third world country. That was back in high school. It's so crazy that it did happen in some way, and that also proved that if you think about it every day, if I thought about it every day, I want to achieve this financial goal. The whole universe will conspire. To help you to achieve that goal, yeah, it's actually kind of crazy. This kind of law of attraction worked, first person, first hand, 
out of my own experience. But if you're talking about now, do I have a specific financial goal? I try not to have one. Because from my experience in running a business and academically, the more the more you make your plan structured or the more you want to push yourself to achieve certain points in timeline, timelines are dangerous, the more easily you're going to disappoint yourself. I do have a rough goal, but I wouldn't say, oh, at the age of 40, I want to have three houses. No, it's not that. <laughs> because as I said, the climate is changing. I don't even know where I'll be five years down the road, right? What I can do is just to yeah, optimize sure. how much I save, how much I make, and how I use my money. There's a very interesting trend that the new keyword in this day and age, besides mindfulness, is consciousness. Being conscious of the decision you make. When you go to a restaurant, ask yourself, are you really supporting this business, the owner behind it? So by making financial choices is how you spend your money. And when you spend the money, it's not just about the meal that you buy. It's who you are supporting, the kind of set of value set behind the business. This is what I'm trying to do to be conscious with my financial that's just another that's just another level of thinking i mean like you buy things because you support the things the value behind it and you adore interesting um interesting yeah um yeah interesting um so i know you you have already achieved like uh you're already financially independent but like um for us teenagers we really want to like become a successor at least like um we want to do things that like sometimes uh we we may have like a role mindset which is like oh this job uh, can Mm -hmm. pay you more and uh, i will literally go into Mm -hmm. this job and do it and uh, maybe like three days later you discover another job like uh, Mm -hmm. pay you 500 dollars more and you do that job like um for us we teenagers may not have the right mindset like for you do you think like what kind of job should we do like in order to like uh, achieve the things that we want to do like is it necessary for us to like um to pursue a job that mm-hmm. pay you more right um is is a conscious is a conscious choice that you have to make I do not suggest graduates to jump between jobs. It will only make your resume look bad. And it will also make your career history suspicious. People are going to go back to your employers. That's what happened. Oh, you made a bad decision entering the company? That's not the employer's fault. It's your fault for saying yes too soon. You've got to do your research. You've got to analyze how much you need to sustain a lifestyle that you want. How much do you want to save up? How far, like how quickly do you want to steer towards your goal? It's our decision to to balance money versus interest. 
but don't worry too much. I mean, for for um for new graduates, you are young, and there are a lot of people around in the society that are willing to help you out. I would say what I did was I saw my twenties as the golden age of making money, of meeting people, of opening up myself to new opportunities. Your twenties is your golden、yes. age to hustle. I have recently entered my thirties. I'm telling you, my body is not handling it well. <laughs> so, if、yeah. you are in your twenties, you need to hustle hard. You need to at least experience the hustle. You need to at least know that how much your body can do. So, never go on the easier route to. Oh my God, this job it has the least duties. And the max play, the the max pay. <laughs> let me go for it.、Yeah. As I said, put yourself in a com- uncomfortable situation. The more challenging the job is, trust me, the more you're gonna get out of the job. I agree. <laughs> okay, so I think like I've asked all the awesome, questions. Awesome, Michael,、today. you did a great job. I think it's basic. Yeah, I think it's basically the end of our interview. Do you have like any other questions you、uh, want to ask me? I mean, that's it. That's it for now. How long have we been chatting? That's amazing. It's crazy. It's been what two hours? Wow, Michael,、yeah. there's a lot of content. Keep up with the good work. I am actually looking forward to listening to this podcast and the many more episodes on your channel. Oh, really? I love the name, by the way. Passionately curious. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Hey guys, thank you for listening. If you have any question, please feel free to email me at passionatelycurious.michael@gmail.com. I wish you guys all the best. Stay healthy, stay safe. This is your host, Michael Chim, and I'm passionately curious.